Hi, this is John Leahy, host of Airing It Out, Files from Leahy's Broadcast Booth. I wanted to take a moment and thank you for tuning in to the podcast on a weekly basis. I truly appreciate my great audience. I'd also like to encourage you to consider subscribing to the podcast. We're on Apple and Spotify and virtually any place where podcasts are heard. So if you like the content, please consider subscribing. I appreciate it once again. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you'll enjoy this week's episode. everyone, welcome to the latest edition of Airing It Out, files from Leahy's broadcast booth. I'm John Leahy. Thanks so much for being with us here on the podcast this week, as well as each week here. Uh, I want to thank my guests from last week. We had a great talk on uh, minor league baseball. We uh, visited with a few friends, uh, old friends, uh, Jeremy Leachin and uh, Lauren Maldonado, who worked for the Worcester Tornadoes. And we had a great, great uh, talk about some memories that we had from uh, working in the Can-Am League. So that was a fun episode. If you'd like to check out that episode or any other episode that we've done here on the podcast, I encourage you to check out the website we have for the podcast. You can find it at LeahyStorytelling.com. That's L-E-A-H-Y Storytelling.com. And it is on that website that, uh, as I mentioned, we have all the previous episodes. You can also rate a particular episode if you choose from zero to five stars. You can also leave your own written review. There is also a blog, which I just updated yesterday with a blog post. There's also a video area where uh, any videos that I put uh, up on YouTube with the music that I've done. That uh, is also shared there. And uh, you can also leave me a voice communication. There's a purple microphone at the lower right-hand corner of each page. And if you'd care to leave a voice message, uh, I will be certain to respond. Please feel free also to subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, and uh, everywhere else that you get your podcasts. Also, please feel free to check out my uh, personal website at johnrleahy.com and the podcast links directly to the new website. Well, this week we have a uh, wonderful guest with us. Uh, she joins us from the state of Texas. Her name is uh, Brooke Bentley, and she is an author of a brand new book that's coming out next week. It's called Sideline Confidential. Fascinating, fascinating book. It's a novel, and uh, we're going to talk a lot about this uh, upcoming book. Uh, Brooke, first of all, I'd like you to welcome you to the podcast. It's so great to have you here. John, it's so good to be on. It's um pleasure to be able to talk about the book and get to know you better. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to it. And uh, we talked off air a little bit about how uh, great the book is. I, I read it in two days. I'm not a novel reader per se, but uh, this one drew me right in. So uh, we'll talk about the book here in just a few moments. But I wanted to get a little uh, perspective on your background here, Brooke. Uh, you're a former television anchor and an award-winning sports reporter. Uh, you spent a decade working in sports journalism. So uh, tell us a little bit about that and your experiences there. And, and I'm guessing that that those experiences kind of uh, laid the groundwork for some of the ideas in the book. 
Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, I actually had wanted to be a sportscaster since I was a little girl. Uh, I grew up in Houston. I watched the Rockets, the Oilers, obviously now the Titans. And I just love sports. I played a lot of sports. And at that point, Hannah Storm and Lisa Malowski, she was a local anchor, were the women who really had um, risen to the ranks in sports media. And I was obsessed with both of them, especially Hannah Storm. And so um, I think I was, you know, a young girl in elementary school. And I pointed at Hannah Storm and said to my dad, that's what I want to be when I grow up. And it had been a dream for a very long time. And, you know, then I went to college. I went to Davidson College where Stephen Curry played basketball. I played volleyball there. And um, I, I kind of thought, well, I don't know if this dream is really going to work out. You know, I, there's, it's so hard to get into sports broadcasting. We'll see. So I'll do something more practical. I'll, you know, become a lawyer. And so I spent a few months at a law firm and realized I really, really wanted to be a sports broadcaster. So I ended up um, going to USC. Uh, I went to their journalism school and I got a master's in journalism there. And right out of school, I got a job with the Houston Texans. And it was definitely like a welcome to the NFL moment for a young woman who was following her dream in that field. Because, I mean, you know, the NFL is like as big as it gets. Oh, in yeah, sports. absolutely. So, yeah, and it was with the Houston Texans, my hometown team. And, um, you know, I, I think I, I went in really naive, not really knowing what to expect, having this dream of being a sideline reporter, being Michelle Tafoya, being Hannah Storm. And I, um, and I had no idea what it really takes to run an organization, what it takes to be able to work for the people who run the organization, and then what the world of sports media is like. So I learned quickly. Um, and so I spent two years with the Texans, and then I went on, and I worked regionally in Texas for a long time. I did, uh, you know, sideline reporting for college, uh, like sort of smaller colleges, smaller Texas schools, like yeah. in Houston State. And I worked my way up. I did um, a lot of big high school games. High school football is very big in Texas. Oh, yeah. So I did the state championship games, and that was at Cowboy Stadium. And you're talking wow. Kyler Murray is the quarterback, you know. So, and I did that for Fox Sports Southwest. And so, so anyways, I did regional coverage. Um, and I had this idea the entire time. I thought, wouldn't it be great to write a book kind of like The Devil Wears Prada, but set in the NFL or set in sports? And it was with me, but I was so immersed in sports that I really couldn't write the book because I was in it. Yeah. And then I took maternity leave after I had my first son. And I thought, okay, I really want to write this book. And I, I, I'm going to do this. Because I also saw the struggle that women have, especially when they have children in this business. Because I took time off and my, my boss was like, can you be back in six weeks? I was like, oh, I thought I had two months. They're like, well, you know. The Super Bowl is coming up, and we really could use you back for a show because I did a little a local show with a uh, it was a TV show, but with a radio uh, personality, John Lopez. And so I ended up coming back early, and I just thought there are so many challenges that women face in this industry, and I'm very motivated to write it. But um, I kind of did it intermittently between working and having another child, and you know, really it was a it was sort of like a passion side project. And it wasn't until 2020 that I drilled deep and I was starting to make a career change. I was realizing I really wanted to be home more with my children. I was traveling a lot for work and I, I wasn't getting that quality time on the weekends with them. Because as you know, a lot of sports events happen on the weekends, over holidays, 
absolutely at night and so yep. you know the complete opposite hours that my family was together and so i ended up deciding i thought you know i'll use my writing skills to work in nonprofit and write grants and just be able to be at home with my kids a little more and maybe i'll just write this book <laughs> and that's when it all came together and just it just kind of poured out of me uh, so, abs um, absolutely yeah. yeah here we are now <laughs> wow. well you know i wanted to ask you a little bit about your time with the texans uh, you were a media personality there and, and we again we talked about this off the air the nfl preseason uh starts thursday night up here in new england uh, the patriots are getting ready to play the houston texans on thursday night so that's kind of a cool segue but tell us a little bit about your time with the texans and uh, some of the things you were responsible for there so I was there when they were making a big media transition and they were bringing all of their media in-house. So instead of letting anchors from you know the local stations do their own TV shows or um, letting uh, having a deal with a local radio station, they wanted to own the rights of all of those shows of their radio broadcast and then sell them. And so when, when they brought me in, they thought, okay, well, we need someone to, to help develop all this programming. We'll start with some of it on the web. Some of it will also be on air. It'll be a little bit of a hybrid, and we're going we're gonna to get that going. And so I was that person. I was sort of, I don't know if I, I would call myself the face of the organization, but I was the one doing most of the media work at that point. Yeah. And so I did all the videos that went um, on the Texans website. I did things for the Jumbotron. I did um, you know, different segments that would go on television, radio segments, and um, and now they've they've brought you know, NFL teams like to control their message, and so it's one, it's a great way to control your message, two, it's a great revenue stream. So right. it was that was I was sort of part of that process, and the first two teams to do that were the Patriots and the Cowboys. I mean, they really were the ones who started that process in the NFL, and then right. <clears throat> a lot of other teams uh, followed suit. I will say I went in, you know, I had been in working at USC where the football is, was, a, you know, at that point, um, Reggie, I, I was there when Reggie Bush was there, Matt Leinart. So, I mean, we're talking Mark Sanchez, it, football is a big deal. And there was a lot of coverage there, but I worked for the local college station, not like a big team. And so it was a, it was a, I mean, I felt very much in over my head when I first started, because here you're talking about people from ESPN, you know, Adam Schefter's coming down yep. and people coming through camp. And, you know, I just remember I got hired because originally I think they'd had someone else in mind for my position okay. and that per person didn't work out. And I don't really know what happened there, but they were in a crunch. And so I got hired right at the beginning of training camp and I was just thrown in Wow! and it was, it, it was an amazing experience. But I mean, I remember just kind of going, wait, do I just go up to Andre Johnson with a microphone? Like, what am I doing? Right. <laughs> I was, so, I was, yeah, I mean, I, I really had no idea. Um, but I was also the first woman, woman on the team to travel to every game. And so, I mean, they'd had women on the, the team playing an executive or uh, someone from the, the foundation, the Texans Foundation, they'd had various women, but no one had consistently traveled to every single game. Right. And so there was, you know, I remember my bosses were thinking, okay, well, you know, we just want you to know the lay of the land. This is how an NFL team runs. And their floor, you don't even go to the floor where the players stay. You get off security, we'll be there, and they're going to send you back down. And I thought, oh, he actually – he thinks I want to go up and like hang out with the players. Right. And so I just remember it was, it was, you know, there was a learning curve. Was it like how I depicted the book? No, not at all. The book is not my story. It's a novel. It's a story of a lot of women that I've talked to. And I got to know a lot of other women from NFL teams because I worked for the NFL for the Super Bowl and um, two Super Bowls actually. 
and I, I got to cover the Patriots um, and help with media there. And then I worked uh, a Pro Bowl and um, a, two scouting combines. So I got to know other women in the league. And so that was just a wonderful, because there weren't that many working for teams when I was there. Yep. We're talking about 2007, 2008, 2009. And um, so it was a small community of women who worked for NFL teams. And so I really got to know the other women and get to, I got to hear their stories, their experiences, because every team has a different culture. You yep. know, the Texans, they're run very differently than the Patriots and their Patriots run very differently than the LA Rams. And right. so, you know, I, I, it was really neat because I got to get to know, especially uh, in Hawaii when I worked the Pro Bowl, because there, I mean, it wasn't serious. And so people could kind of let loose a little bit and yep. you really got to hear the stories of what each team was like and how things were run. And you know, and, and sort of different roles for women in those organizations. Well, you know, I got to tell you, I'm a little jealous because, uh, you know, Hawaii is the only U.S. state I've never been to. You know, I've, I've crossed the country oh. doing games. And uh, whenever I hear people have a chance to go to Hawaii, and, you know, you mentioned the Pro Bowl, but uh, that must have been an incredible experience for you. It really was. You know, it's so fun because the players are so unguarded. And especially when it was in Hawaii, because they were away, literally, I mean, a long plane flight away from a lot of other media of, um, I mean, they kind of felt like they could let loose a little bit. Right. And I remember the year I went, let's see, I mean, this is a long time ago, I'm dating myself, but Tony Romo was dating Jessica Simpson. And so they were at the pool, you know, kind of by the pool together. And yep. um, Adrian Peterson was young and they were, you know, Peyton Manning was making him do push-ups by the pool. But I mean, you can see this sort of fun, carefree side of these players. Um, and that and that was really cool. And then but you also got to know the personnel better in a way, because during the season, obviously, you've covered the Patriots. There's really not a lot of chit-chat or small talk that happens, you right. know, late at night in the office, maybe, you know, at our stadium offices sometimes. You know, I'd talk to a coach in the break room and get a little bit more, you know, a story about their family, something that they were planning with a wife, something like that. But for the most part, it was very clipped. And then at the Pro Bowl, I mean, you just saw this whole other side of these. You saw that they were human beings. Absolutely. <laughs> and this whole other side of them, which was really fun. Awesome. Well, I want to talk. Beautiful. <laughs> absolutely. I, I want to talk a lot about your book. That's going to be the meat and potatoes of, of the episode here. It's called uh, Sideline Confidential. It's going to be out next week. Let me ask you first, Brooke, uh, where did you get the idea for the book? It's obviously, it touches on a lot of uh, workplace issues for women in professional sports and some of the uh, pitfalls that they have to deal with. And so I'm curious as to how the idea for the book was formulated. Well, it goes back to when I first started working for the Texans and one of my bosses told me that the team had never had a woman consistently travel to every game. Mm -hmm. And this was new territory for them and they were just going to have to figure some things out. And at first they said, you know, maybe it's best if you ride your own bus. And I thought my own, what, what is, what are they talking about? Ride my own bus right. um, by myself, literally. And they said, well, just, we don't want you to be a distraction to the players. And I said, the players have cheerleaders on the field. I mean, how am I right? I mean, I'm wearing like a gap suit. Why am I a distraction to the players? Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, so they, they, in the beginning of my, my tenure there, they chartered an, an additional bus. It was a later bus and scouts. And I wasn't by myself scouts, uh, other personnel would ride it, but it was obviously less attended than the earlier buses. And then after a few months, you know, the coaches were like, it's fine. 
we don't need to do this. I mean, this seems silly. So the issue really, it was not like the issue that I portray in the book, but that kind of got me thinking. And I wondered about other women's experiences with different teams. And let me tell you, there's some teams, I mean, it's been documented, obviously what's happened in Washington. There was a very toxic culture there. And when I dug into that and talked to people there, wow. I mean, the stories that have come out of Washington are very disturbing. And I never experienced anything like that. But I will say that I really felt so lucky that I had a wonderful group of people that I worked with. Um, I did experience often the, well, what I did experience at times was, uh, you know, I think that there was a culture that was still trying to figure out where women stood in it in the NFL not necessarily covering the team because you had plenty of women reporters. You had Aaron Andrews, you had Michelle Tafoy. I mean, there was season, you know, Leslie Visser had been in the game for a long time. There have been so many people who'd paved the way, but actually working for an NFL team was very different. And I started to talk to other women as I met them and hear their stories. And I thought there's really something bigger here that needs to be told. Um, You know, I I experienced it on a very micro level, but I saw other women experience it on a much bigger level. And I thought, okay, I'm going to file these stories away. And I had a few things happen. I mean, it's just, you know, this is is sort of like the nature of um, being in in an industry too, where a lot of men have not been used to having as many women in the industry. I mean, I remember I was covering a scouting combine and this is back when Indianapolis had it in the bowels of, conference rooms yep. and um and i think it was a reporter i didn't even know him and i was i think i was like one of five women in the room and and in this point too there was very strict uh media coverage rules and the nfl network nfl network was covering the scouting combine but there were very strict rules about who could be there and and now they have it set up it's you know the interview portion of the combine is set up it's much more tv friendly than yep. it used to be um, but at this point it wasn't. And so there weren't that many women there. And I remember looking around the room, counting about, you know, five or six, maybe in this reporter, I didn't know came up and whispered in my ear and said, if you want to get on national TV, sleep with that person. And he's you know, pointed at someone yeah. across the room, except for used an explicit, you know, a word that I can't say on your show. Uh-huh. And I was so surprised. I, I mean, you know, I'm 25 ish and I had no idea what to say. But also, I remember I wanted I wanted to rise in the ranks so badly that I was like, I can't say anything. I could offend this person. I don't know who he is. I could say something, and that could, you know, he could ruin my career. So I'm just not going to say anything. And so I just said, you know, kind of smiled and said, okay. And, you know, anyways, that was that. But so, when I, like I said, a micro level for me. But I got to know other women, and there were much bigger issues at play um, in different organizations. And so I kind of filed away their stories. And um, the more I dug into the Washington toxic culture and the more I talked to other people um, who'd been around it, I really felt compelled to write this book. And I felt like I could draw on my own personal experiences, what I had seen. Um, I I talked to other women and I I shared my manuscript with another woman who's who's been an executive in the NFL for a long time. She really gave me good notes. And I felt like that was very helpful because then I felt, you know, I just... 
the NFL is a, it's a, it's its own beast. And so, you know, not a lot of women have worked there and the few that have, I mean, you have some, Amy Trask is an incredible businesswoman and an icon for women in that industry. But that, those are few and far between. I mean, there's just not that many women who achieve that level of success in the NFL. And so I really felt like this was peeling back those layers and ticking behind the shield, if you will, of being a woman in that organization and especially getting going and how hard it is when you, when you have no idea um, how to stand up for yourself and sort of what the expectations are and um, don't feel like you have the credibility to, to really speak out. Yeah, it's really challenging for women, right? Because they, it seems like they have a different set of rules than men do. Now, I, I took a few uh, notes from the book here as far as some of the quote-unquote expectations uh, for women. You be pretty but not too sexy. Know your sport. Uh, don't, outs- don't outsmart the men. Uh, be a great mother, but don't take uh, don't take any time off, right? So, uh, you know, that seems like a big hurdle for uh, women to have to overcome. It really is. And, in fact, after I wrote that, probably in February. And then I, I read the monologue from the Barbie movie that America Ferreira gives. And um, I've seen the monologue. And so I was like, oh gosh, that, that really feels like my little monologue in Sideline Confidential was like her mo- monologue. Yep. And Barbie, there's, it, it's just, it's such an impossible tightrope, it seems like a lot of times. Um, and that's how I felt, especially as I was a young woman getting going in the industry. Uh, you know, I, as you get older and you have that credibility and people know that you're good at your job, there aren't as many questions and you're given a little bit more leeway. But when you're young and you're starting out, you know, there's an expectation to look good, but not, you know, not too sexy because then you're in it for the wrong reasons. Yep. And, you know, there's this expectation. You obviously need to know your sport. You need to know the people playing it. Um, but you know, I would never want to question someone that I was working with, another reporter who was maybe above me at a station. I just never felt like I could do that because I didn't want to show him up. And I, I often felt that way. And I'd say, oh, gosh, I don't know if that's really right, but I'm not going to say anything. Um, and then especially becoming a mother, that was very difficult for me because yep. taking time off, I felt like I could be easily replaced. I mean, it's there's so many other young women out there and there's so few positions. Right. And I mean, I was told when I came back that I needed to lose my baby weight. And I, I said, well, I came back from maternity leave like six weeks after I had my baby. And my boss said, I know, I just noticed. I mean, it'll be, okay. I mean, he wasn't, it wasn't terrible, but he said, it'll be okay. But I just noticed you still need to lose it. Mm. And, wow. you know, that's just an expectation that men don't have as much. And so I remember that, you know, hitting hard for me. Absolutely. Well, um, so the book is a novel about a young woman who uh, breaks into the sports world with a professional football team in Oklahoma City. Her uh, The name of the central character is Blake, and uh, she's given ground rules right from the outset, right? She she meets the uh, obnoxious and controlling GM by the name of uh, Johnny Cook, and uh, it seems like he doesn't trust her from the very beginning. As you said, she's got to ride her own uh, special bus, and also there was no locker room access uh, given to that character. Yes. And, um, you know, I experienced that in some places too. And that's how a lot of women started out in the NFL. They, they could not go in the locker room. And, um, I remember some people when I started out with the Texans said, we are uncomfortable with you seeing the players undressing as a coworker. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it gradually like the bus issue worked itself out. But, you know, then I talked to other women when they started their careers, they couldn't go in the locker room. They, enter, they had a separate interview room. 
And so that really got my wheels turning about those issues. And so this, this young woman, Blake, so this is a fictional teen in Oklahoma City, and this young woman, Blake, goes into it bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and she's given these rules that really blindside her. And she's trying to figure out how to do her job, how to navigate those rules, and also please her boss. And that's a yeah. hard thing to do. But she also is in a world where the moral compasses sometimes are askew. And, you know, sometimes, you know, people are, you know, going to the strip clubs or they're, you know, bringing people back to their hotel rooms that they shouldn't be. And so she does lose herself a little bit because she's, she's so young and naive and doesn't really know how to manage all of, all of these pressures and this new world that she's in. And so she, she loses herself a little bit. And the question is, can she find herself? Can she regain um, her priorities and figure out what she wants to be as a journalist, who she wants to be? And can she realign her moral compass and point it in the right direction so that she can be successful as a journalist? And there are some complicated twists during the book. In fact, uh, there are a couple of uh, men that she gets involved with. And uh, one of them is the uh, quarterback of the team, uh, Seth. And uh, also there was a country singer as well. And uh, so those really um, provided some complicated uh, sort of issues that she had to work around. Well, I think, you know, most people... that's that's sort of where you assume the story is going to go is where a love uh i don't know i, I guess um she sort of dooms her career by falling for the quarterback and, you know that that's sort of like the typical love love story or she lives happily after after and maybe leaves her job but i wanted to make it more complicated than that i wanted her to have these feelings for this quarterback and then realize he actually has a, some, and not to be a spoiler alert here, but he actually has a whole other life, and she's just kind of something on the side just for fun for him. And and while it doesn't get serious with him, it's emotional enough. They have an, a connection that she thinks is real. Yeah. And so, um, you know, then I really wanted her to ha- kind of come crashing down, and that happens with the country musician. And I've gotten to know the country music world a little bit. My uncle Dirk Bentley is a Big country musician. Oh, wow. Um, he's, wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, cool. Um, so, you know, I, I've gotten to know that world. And so, I, and I, I love Nashville and I've been there many times. So I, I wanted to incorporate that into the book. So she, she, you know, ends up thinking that she's just going to, you know, let, let go, let it, let be free. She can do what she wants to do. If these men get to do it, she gets to do it too. And she's going to, you know, have this little tryst with this country music singer. And she realized is very complicating for her life in that, and she, and it causes a showdown between her and Johnny. And so, um, and that sort of, you know, leads to the showdown. And, and it also makes her have to reassess her priorities. Blake has to figure out what she wants in all of this. And, um, so, but I enjoyed getting to incorporate Nashville and country music into the book too. Well, that, that is really cool. You know, I, I'm actually a musician myself and, and I was just down in Nashville with my wife in April and, uh, um, what what an incredible town that is! So uh, it, wow, what a what a small world. Uh, but uh, yeah. we um, to continue on, you know, about the book. Um, are there 
some examples of workplace discrimination right now uh, that need to be changed from your view? And how far along have women come? Uh, do we still have a long way to go? But what are some of the things that, that need to be corrected in terms of this uh, toxic workplace situation? Well, women have come a very long way in sports broadcasting. I mean, you see so many women out there um, in high-level positions on the field, be it you know Fox Sports with Aaron Andrews, um, I, I, you know, Andrew Creamer is still in the business and, and she's a pros pro. Um, so there, you know, there's more positions, more high level positions for women. Um, but I still think it's harder for women in many ways, especially as women get older. And I think the hardest thing for a lot of women that I've spoken to is that you almost have to make this decision of, am I going to focus on my career and is this going to be it? Or am I going to also try and balance having a family and maybe I don't get as far as, you know, an Aaron Andrews would because mm -hmm. taking the time off um, and, you know, it's also, there's a lot of conflicting emotions being a mother and not being there for your children, being on the road, covering games every week, weekend, week out is, is, does not lend itself to being present for your children. And that is very hard for a lot of moms that I know who are in the business. Um, and I know some women who've reached their mid forties and said, I put everything I could into my career and this is everything I wanted, but now I, I probably won't be able to have children. And that is really hard for me because I got what I wanted out of my career, but I didn't get this family part. And can you really have it all, um, at this level? And so, uh, you know, I think that is probably the hardest part is, um, for women, once they've gotten to a certain level is balancing their career with motherhood. And I, you know, I know that it's been difficult, um, for women anchors. I mean, you know, ESPN's had a lot of turnover, uh, with women who've, you know, had children and not because necessarily they've let them go, but they've, you know, they've left. These women have also left, you know, it's gone both ways, but it's just, it's such a tough industry. Um, to, for a woman to really feel like they can balance being a mother and having that career at such a high level. Absolutely. I think at the entry level, you know, it just, there is this, and it's just pervasive. And I think it's going to be gradually changing over time as more women take these higher level positions. But at the entry level, most women are just assume that they don't know as much about sports as their male counterparts. And I just felt that every time I walked into the room as a young woman covering sports and I'd come from covering the NFL and I was, you know, then covering regional football and, you know, a few college coaches then looked at me and said, wait, you worked for the Texans, didn't you? And then I was like, oh, like, oh, okay, okay, well, we can talk to you. I mean, you know, but they kind of were like, okay, she's got street cred, but it's right. automatically assumed that I probably didn't know as much as the male who was doing, you know, covering the other team. Um, and so I, I felt that I think that's going to shift. Um, and I think, you know, more women speaking out, which I, it has happened in the last few years about getting better workplace conditions. Um, I mean, you know, in the NFL, you've seen obviously what happened in, in DC, um, you know, it became headline news. It hit yep. stories broke in the Washington post and the New York times. Um, and you know, Dan Snyder basically got forced to sell his team uh, for many reasons, but that being one of them. Um, and, you know, I think that there's now going to be more oversight on a lot of these issues. And I just, I think there's a bit of, there's starting to be a cultural shift. I think more women now feel that they can speak out about it. And uh, at least I have felt that way when I've shared my book with some people in the industry and they have written back and they felt like, 
yes, we see this, there, things are changing, and we feel very empowered by it. Awesome. We're talking with uh, Brooke Bentley. She is the author of Sideline Confidential. The book will be released uh, this coming Tuesday. Uh, Brooke, how would you describe uh, Blake's character, and, and how did she relate to your own personal life? I know we touched on that a little bit, but I think it's important to continue to draw that parallel. Well, you know, I think from the get-go, I just felt so much of myself in Blake in the beginning, being just so excited to work in the NFL and so naive at the same time. <laughs> and I mean, I really had no idea how a team was run. Yep. And I, I still have the college level with USC, because like I said, I, I worked for the college TV station and um, did some coverage of the, the team then, but it's nothing like the way an NFL team is run. And I, um, you know, from, from the top, you know, from the control of the message to, you know, the uh, amount of staffing it takes to run a team. Um, I was just completely naive, but I also, I don't think I totally understood what my role was going to be. And when you work for a team, you are portraying a certain, you are providing news based on what their message is. And that was hard for me because there were times, and this, this is in the book as well, that, um, Blake is wanting to cover an injury to their star, to the star wide receiver of this Oklahoma city team. And she can't because her boss is like, Nope, that's, we don't do that. You know, we'll let journalists talk to the agents and, you know, they can, they can give the scoop, but we do not break news on our team's injuries. And we, uh, we just wait, we we wait that out. And that was really hard for me because that's part of the deal of working for a team. I mean, I could have broken news all day long because I'm there with the players talking to them. Yeah. But I couldn't. I had to. I had to portray a certain message, and I think that you know that was difficult for me. I mean, that's part of the job. That's what you're going to sign up for if you're working for a team. So I'm not complaining about it. But I didn't even. I don't. I think I was too naive to understand that that was going to be part of the job requirement. I thought I was going in as a journalist and I was going to write these amazing stories and talk to players and just do these interviews. And that it was much more controlled than that. And yeah, it's and, like this is what your story is about. <laughs> and, and one, I'll tell you the part that really gripped me, and, and I won't give away any of the details. I want people to buy this book. Um, it was during a press conference uh, where Coach Bush was up at the podium, and uh, you, uh, the character Blake. Uh, actually asked a question of the coach, and I guess the expectation from the GM Johnny was that uh, no, you're not supposed to ask questions. So he kind of shot you, shot Blake a few daggers, and that that was kind of a real uh, important part of the book because that was the character speaking up for herself, and and to some extent, women having the ability to do those things and finding your voice in the room. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, I was. I sort of had to clear my questions, you know, I mean, I was allowed to ask questions, but I had to make sure that they were in relationship to the story that had been approved for me to do, if that makes sense. So, I, yeah. I mean, I couldn't just say, you know, you guys coming off a terrible loss, uh, you know, do you think this is the worst game of the season? That was not going to, that was, that was not enough my storyline. <laughs> yeah. And so I could never out just freewheel and ask a question. So I, I, it was, it was a, there was a messaging that I followed and um, you know, different coaches and different teams run things differently. When I worked for the Texans and I think this is pretty true though, with a lot of teams, because the women, other women I talked to who've worked for other teams felt the same way. They had to stick to the message. 
and yeah. you know this is what this your story is this is the message because i mean you know the team wants a certain message out there now um you know was it to the extent that i experienced what blake experienced no not at all but um I, you know, I, I, it was hard for me because I had been at journalism school and was just had this idea of being a journalist and breaking a story and also having the knowledge at your fingertips, you know, I mean, I know (laughs) and not being able to share that was hard. Wow. Well, you know, I, I felt uh, that the book ended up, you know, in a real positive vein with, with a, with a real positive, uh, encouraging message for women. Uh, Brooke, what message would you wish to express to women about uh, toxic workplace culture, particularly, you know, in sports? Uh, and, and how do you feel the book helped to accomplish uh, that positive message? Well, first of all, I think it is so important to find a solid mentor, someone who can help you in your industry, female or male. Um, I actually, my mentor was, was a male sports reporter who worked in radio. And um, he actually was a columnist for the Chronicle, and he moved to sports radio, and uh, now he has his own show. A- anyways, he really um, – and he's a mix of some characters in the book, but he really was a mentor to me in my career. And I think that I was able to um, write this book and reflect at the level that I was able to because of him. And you know, he sort of helped me think back on some of those moments. Um, that I'd had and then expand on them and think about, you know, other women's stories. Um, but I think having a mentor is so important. And I, I had dreamed of having a female mentor and yeah. that's why I wrote a female mentor into the book. Her name is Sheridan. And I just yeah. wanted that for myself. Um, and so that was sort of would be my dream mentor, but finding a mentor is so important. And then, um, you know, speaking up for yourself. And I think when you have a mentor, they can help guide you as to how to speak up for yourself and know that your voice matters and, and do it in a way that's effective. Um, and I, I wanted to show in the book, this isn't men against women. This is about, this is about creating a, a really productive and engaging and hopeful workplace culture. And it, in, in the end, it, you know, there's a male that helps Blake out who, you know, is also one of her mentors. And it's about finding that right culture for a team, and it's about finding that right culture in your workplace. Um, and I, I wanted to end with hope because I believe there is a change and there's a shift out there and there's more um, just attention being put on this. And so I, that's why I wanted to end the book on a very hopeful note and to show that these two people really came into Blake's life, a, a, a veteran woman, sideline reporter, sportscaster, and a male radio personality, and they they really she learned a lot from them, and they really are, you know helped take her to the next level. Well, suppose um, there would be a young girl or, or a young woman who would uh, come up to you and say, Brooke, you know, uh, I'm really really interested in becoming a sideline reporter. I, I want to uh, work my way into the industry, you know, as a woman. What kind of advice would you give uh, a female who wants to pursue this line of work? Well, first of all make sure you're resilient because this industry is full of so many ups and downs. Um, The second I would say is be a very good writer because that is something. And I have found this because in television, people think, Oh, you don't, you you don't need to write. Yes. Writing your stories, you know, scripting what you're going to have as an intro. I mean, maybe you're not going to read it verbatim when you're on TV, but just having that in your head and having that, that power of being a 
very talented writer makes you just a cut above other sportscasters. And uh, you you just, you get that language in your head. And I think that that's really helpful. Um, I would tell them once again, to have, find a mentor, to talk to that person, listen to their career, understand the careers of women who've come before them and you know, how this industry has evolved for women. Um, And be willing to put yourself out there and know that there's going to be a lot of rejection. I mean, there just is. There's not that many spots, that many, that many jobs available for women uh, getting going. And you just have to kind of be open to being multimedia, maybe writing, maybe doing something for the web. Um, and then, you know, waiting for your break and just continuing to plug away at it. I, I really have found, though, that telling young women to, to work on their writing skills is probably the number one thing. And people are surprised when I say that. But um, it's just so helpful in scripting questions and getting your mind churning uh, on how how a story flows out. Uh, even if you're just speaking it through dialogue with a play-by-play person, it just it's that it, it just trains your brain in a different way. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you know, I had a chance to work with a young. Um, um, female sideline reporter this past season uh, doing college hockey. I've been doing college hockey for almost two decades up here and a uh, young woman young woman by the name of Laura Stickles and uh, she um, she was sort of new to the profession but uh, she uh, she was terrific right from the get-go and she's going to be a rising star. So I always try and uh, promote and advocate for women in the industry. That's why I feel that this book is uh, so, so helpful. It's going to be a great read. Where can people find uh, the book, Brooke? And I know it go- goes on sale next week. Where can people access it? Well, John, you can get it anywhere basically books are sold. It is on Amazon, uh, Target, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, uh, you can go to my website, brookbentley.com, and you can find all those listed there and just click and purchase wherever you might want to. It's in some local bookstores, but nationally, you know, we've already been selling really well on Amazon. It's been the number one um, women in sports book for over a month, um, just on pre-sale orders. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. And uh, I just think young women in the industry and women in other industries that are male-dominated, like medicine and banking and the film industry, I think they will relate to it as well. Well, it was a joy for me to read. And, you know, for me to sit down and read a novel, that that's an accomplishment because um, I, I'm more inclined uh, to read, you know, uh, sort of like self-help books or sports books or whatnot. But I really enjoyed this book. And like I said, I, I had it read completely within a couple of days. Uh, I just think it's such an important topic. It's an important topic that uh, needs to be, it needs to remain out in the forefront. And I think that what you've done here is really done a great service for uh, uh, women in particular, but, you know, journalists uh, and understanding what the what the workplace uh, culture can be like and, and some steps to uh, navigate it. So I wanted to thank you, Brooke, so much for being here on the podcast. I know our audience is going to love it. I, I know that there have been some people already who are looking forward to, to when this gets published. But uh, again, I, I can't thank you enough for being here, and, and I wish you the best of success with Sideline Confidential. Thank you so much, Sean. It was really a pleasure to get to talk and um, get to know you better and talk about the book. I really enjoyed it. And thank you, like you uh, said earlier, for helping young women get their careers going. Because, you know, I've been there and I know what it feels like to to walk into these situations with pros, veterans in the business like you. And so 
to have someone on your side, it, it means a lot. So thank you in all, in all ways. <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. And uh, don't forget, folks, it's available next week. Uh, get it anywhere books are sold. Sideline Confidential is the name of the book. Brooke Bentley is the author. We're out of time for this week. When we return next week, we will have our 2023 NFL preview. I'll be bringing in three special guests. We'll break down the upcoming NFL season. So for my special guest, Brooke Bentley, I'm John Leahy saying so long for now. We'll catch you next week on Airing It Out, Files from Leahy's Broadcast Booth.